And welcome everybody to the Down and Away podcast. Huh? Just in case you forgot, I am one of your hosts, Fernando Mendez, joined here as always by the man who needs no introduction, but we're giving him one anyway, Andrew Ciccarelli. My man, how are you? I'm doing great. Just, uh, you know, like everyone else, being doing the social isolation, trying to do my part. Glad to. Uh, social distancing. Yeah, yeah, social, yeah, <laughs> social isolation is a little bit more, uh, like, dystopian, I guess, a little bit more depressing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm it's probably low. accurate. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I haven't seen anybody in six weeks. Yes. It's probably been more like three weeks for everybody, but... Yeah. Are uh, you doing the... your best to stay healthy at the moment? Oh, yeah, yeah. I got, a, you know, the gym's all shut down, so I got, like, these resistance bands and stuff that I've been using and just kind of... Hanging out in my house, you know? Yeah, trying to stay as healthy as possible, you know, with uh, what you got. Yeah, catching up on my knitting, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. wonder if Greg Maddox is uh, catching up on uh, painting the corners of his house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? He's, he's been painting them all day. His wife's getting angry. Yeah, right. <laughs> so paint, paint the rest of the wall now, Greg, not just the corners. <laughs> yeah, right. Have you ever seen that meme? That's funny. Like I've seen it's like the front side of a house, and it's like you only paint like the side. It, it, it's pretty funny. <laughs> if you guys haven't gotten to see it, I'm sure you can find it. Uh, so this is the first time that uh, we're putting an episode since March 12th. So we're quickly approaching a month since we've gotten a chance to record and release an episode. I mean, uh, you know, we're we're gonna have to go ahead and take the the fault for that. Uh, you know, we do apologize. I mean, there's just a lot going on in the world. Um, and I'm sure the last thing people really want to do is sit down and listen to uh, two men talk about the coronavirus. But that's basically exactly what we're going to do today. Now, we are obviously going to go ahead and talk about it um, in a baseball sense. How is it affecting baseball? Now, we will obviously talk a little bit probably about, you know, what what's going on around the world or, you know, I'm sure that's just going to randomly come up in the conversation but we're not going to be sitting here trying to make political statements or things like that so if you know that's what you're worried about and you're going to go ahead and change the podcast i would just suggest waiting to see what we're going to talk about it is going to be about baseball i promise and we are going to quickly release some other episodes in the near future here about other things besides the coronavirus now a lot of people might be wondering what are andrew and i going to do to keep you guys entertained while we have no games but the funny part is we've never really had games while recording this podcast anyway, so it was just a normal day for us. Yeah, yeah, business as usual, you know. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we're we're gonna keep it pretty light. I mean, I know people. There's a lot of doom and gloom around COVID nineteen and all that kind of stuff, so we're not gonna get into like the medical side of it, or you know, any death totals or anything you know like that. We're just gonna strictly, you know, keep it about how it's affecting Major League Baseball what type of season that we're looking at, what the, what the different things that are being discussed. You know, it, it's a hard time for everyone. So, you know, we don't want to retread ground that's been covered in your lives on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, obviously before we do get started, we will, you know, like to give our, you know, condolences and to anybody who might be going through any kind of difficult time, whether it's directly or with your family, obviously, I mean, you know, I'm sure you guys have been hearing that everywhere, you know, I'm sure you've been seeing those, you know, like, oh, hashtag we're in this together, all that stuff, you know, and it's kind of hard to truly grasp, grasp the fact that people do care because, you know, you're going to Walmart having to fight people for toilet paper or Lysol wipes. I don't know what you're having to deal with, Andrew, but that's been my struggle. I mean, finding oh. sanitizer and Lysol wipes is the hardest thing in the world <laughs> these days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I just moved into my apartment like two weeks before all this went down. So I, I like stocked up on, you know, I bought like the big bag of like toilet paper and uh, all that kind of stuff just to get my apartment set up. And now I'm like, oh, you know, wow. Like, yeah, you can't find thank stuff you. anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah right yeah where uh you get the costco size stuff oh yeah definitely i was like i don't okay, want to buy this for a while i didn't know that yeah. was the last time that i'd ever get to buy it yeah right if not you probably <laughs> would have maybe just prepared a little extra <laughs> yeah right <laughs> i would have bought yeah i, I got one thing <laughs> i will say uh, yeah that's true you live by yourself so lucky you i, I live with uh, with <laughs> two family. people yeah. i mean you know I, yeah, with yeah. the family so but uh, I will say uh, the one thing I will say about it is I will say that I do acknowledge that uh, you know 
my tone on everything has changed as I become more informed. So for anybody who might not be fully informed and, you know, maybe I, I, I think we're to the point now where everyone knows what's going on. Everyone's well caught up. I don't think there's anybody who's like naive on the topic anymore. It, you know, it's too real world now for that. But um, I will say that um, when everything first went down, I was like on a business trip and um, my uh, my family was here while I was in like Memphis and Atlanta and I was getting texts about like, Oh, you know, like it's hard to find this. It's hard to find that. And I remember just like, just telling myself like, why are you guys being so overdramatic? There's no way it's that hard to find toilet paper. You're just not looking hard enough. And I remember coming home here to, you know, Southern California and being like, Oh my gosh, people are like savages. Like (laughs) there's people like literally going crazy for things. And it's just, you know, it's it's insane. So the one thing I will say before, you know, we, we really do kind of brush the I, I, I don't want to it's not politics. But, you know, before we brush all that to the side, I just want to tell people like, hey, you know, like be mindful of other people, be mindful of other, uh, you know, like elderly folks and, you know, people who might be more at risk for this don't you know, go out buying a thousand packs of toilet paper. I know now there's limits almost everywhere, but you know, the, the mindset's still there. Don't make everyone in your family buy a pack because you know, you're trying to stock up, be mindful of others. That's all I'm saying. And that, I'm going to leave it at that. I don't know if you want to add to that, Andrew, but just a yeah. little, you know, no, yeah, nice. definitely. Yeah. yeah we're, we're definitely, we're all in this together, you know? Uh, and I'm sure everyone wishes they could, you know, do a little bit more. And, you know, I, I guess like, that's like the great thing about baseball potentially coming back, even if it's going to be in like the, you know, like a different type of restricted way. It's just nice to like have some type of normalcy and be able to see sports on TV, giving something to talk about besides the virus. So it'd be cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's all over Facebook. It's either that or uh, Carol Baskin. So yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Did, I, did I get the name right? I haven't seen Tiger King yet, but I mean, oh, you everyone, haven't seen that's it all the people are talking about. Yeah, right. <laughs> No, that, that's wild. That's like a whole other podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody who's uh, who wants to come on the show and I guess explain that to us, <laughs> yeah, just let, us, let us know. Yeah, <laughs> Tiger King and baseball. It's a, <laughs> a loose connection, but it's there. What if the the Tiger King, when he gets out of jail, throws out the first pitch for the oh. Detroit Tigers? <laughs> yeah, right. Can we, Rob would... Manfred? Rob Manfred. You know, yeah, the world is weird enough as it is. Yeah, someone needs to tweet at Rob Manfred or something about that. Let's get Tiger King thrown out the first pitch yeah. for the Detroit Tigers. It has to happen. Absolutely, when he gets out of jail. I mean, even you know, even yeah. if he has an ankle brace in the situation, that's fine. <laughs> yep, exotic Joe in the Motor Kitty Cities or Motor Motor City Kitties. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> that's funny. All right, all right, folks. So we are the Down and Away Podcast. It is just Andrew and I today. Um, we're we're kind of in, in the middle now of trying to figure out what's going to happen as far as our Dodger correspondent Ian. But uh, if you are listening, uh, you know we wish you uh, wish you the best and we hope all is well. And uh, we will see what's going on with that situation. But as of right now, it is going to be Andrew and I. Um, and yeah, we'll kind of cross the Dodger bridge when we come. We will try to cover a little bit of Dodgers, just uh, him and I, uh, just in all fairness, because that is what we promised the fans. So uh, yeah. But um, we are looking for sponsors for this season. So if you are interested in sponsoring the Down and Away podcast, go ahead and reach out to me. Uh, I believe the email is still Fernando at Padres Mission Podcast dot com. Yeah. Is, that, yeah, is that still the email? Yeah, that'll still work. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Go ahead and reach out to us. <laughs> and uh, we'll get you guys going as far as sponsors. But, uh, all right, so we've already kind of talked about what we're going to cover today. So, uh, Andrew, do you just want to go ahead and give a very, very, very brief um, rundown on, you know, the coronavirus, like, and, you know, just kind of catch people up to speed as far as, you know, the background of it. We don't have to get too, we don't have to dive too deep in there. I just kind of want to go ahead and preface it before we talk about its impact on baseball. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, the virus is uh, very contagious. Um, so it's basically made it so that way we all have to do social distancing, which has obviously had a big impact on the ability to do sports and sporting events. So, you know, big, large events like baseball, uh, basketball, hockey, they all had to shut down. And right now we're in the process of all doing our social isolation or social distancing. And, uh, you know, we're flattening the curve. So as soon as that curve is flattened, 
which uh, you know, yeah, I'm sure you've all heard that term before. We we're going to be able to start getting, uh, you know, ba- baseball, but not like traditional baseball, but a slightly altered. And we'll go over the different proposals that are that are happening with uh, with how baseball is going to address the COVID-19 issue and you know the high infectious rate and how they're going to keep the players safe and the fans safe. So I think it's there's a lot of interesting ideas going on, and I'm excited for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I think we're all more excited for the days of being able to go to a baseball stadium and fully watch the game like we know it. But I, I think at this point, everyone just kind of wants to see a return to the game just for, I think the word you used was normalcy. You know what I mean? We just kind of want that. We just want life to be back to normal again. I think you know, it's not crazy yeah. for people to want that. So yeah, it's not it's not the best baseball that we're going to get, but it's it's close enough for right now. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, if you're picking your poison here, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll t- I'll take some baseball with uh, no fans and you know in a weird schedule over no baseball at all any day of the week. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, I don't. Uh, I, it's funny. Andrew and I were texting about this. I think it was this morning about um, you were telling me that most people watch the sport on television more so than at games. Correct? Yeah. And, I, you know, I was thinking more about that, and it was something like 85% of all baseball baseball viewers are almost exclusively you know, exclusively television, and then about 15% of baseball fans attend uh, baseball games and most likely also watch it on TV. But, I mean, there's 30 baseball teams, and there's only 30 stadiums, and there's, you know, hundreds and thousands of towns and cities across the U.S. where people don't have immediate access to baseball games in person. So yeah, and you know, yeah. that was what I was going to go ahead and say. Do you think a lot of that is probably, you know, places like, you know, North Dakota, South Dakota, you know, places where there's, you know, no real access to teams, you know, Alaska, Hawaii, those kind of places. Oh, yeah. Do you know, do you think that's yeah, a I think large it, chunk of that? Yeah, I think that's a large chunk of it. And I think also it's, a, you know, convenience factor. So, you know, you go to a baseball game with a family of four. I mean, unless you're thrifty about it, that could easily start running up into 150, 200 bucks just for sitting out in the bleachers, getting a beer, you know, hot dogs for everyone, and, you know, things like that. Like it, it gets pricey. And that's a lot of money for the average American. You know, and that's the one thing I'll say um, that I've always appreciated about Angels owner Artie Moreno. There's always a good deal to be had. I mean, it is not uncommon for you to go to a Tuesday game in September when they're playing the athletics and get tickets for $4. You can get a beer for $4. I did say that correctly, folks. You can go to Angel Stadium to any Angel, like, you know, just normal grandstand kind of restaurant or whatever you want to call it, where they sell, you know, hot dogs, peanuts, that just kind of normal stadium food. You can get a hot dog for $3 and a beer for 4 bucks. I'm not kidding. So... You know, I appreciate it when owners, you know, kind of go above and beyond. The Padres a couple years ago had a five for five deal, if you remember that. I think that was like yeah. 2010. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah, the, yeah the, I remember uh, they that was too popular, so they had to cancel it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, the Diamondbacks out by me. Uh, you know, I'm a Padre fan, but I live in Phoenix. So I go see Diamondback games, especially when the Padres are in town. And they, they're also like the Angels. They have a $4 beer. I think it's like a 12-ounce Bud Light. Uh, they also have like I think dollar hot dogs and things like that. So I mean, there there okay. definitely has been a move to having you know cheaper, you know concessions. But I, I feel like if we were going to look at it, like the vast majority of baseball fans are probably fans of like the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Cubs, you know, the, the big metro cities that have been around forever. The Dodgers. And, <laughs> yeah, the Dodgers. And as you know, like you aren't getting out of there cheap. No, absolutely not. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely – but you know, that's another thing. I mean, I'm sure we'll dive into a little bit more when we cover, you know, the potentially not playing in front of fans and all that, uh, you know. But you would imagine that the revenue that the owners would lose is going to be, you know, rather large. But, you know, we'll, we'll get to that a little later. Uh, as of right now, let's just go ahead and talk about the fact that baseball isn't happening. There is a stoppage of play. I think it's been about two weeks now where opening day should have been, at least the original opening day for all 30 teams. Yeah. Right? We're hitting two weeks. It's past two weeks. Yeah, it's been about yeah about two weeks. Uh, 
a week of like full regular play and then like I think about two weeks since they had like those you know symbolic opening day games yeah I think was baseball's opening day going to be the Astros versus the Angels I think that was coincidentally going to be the game of the night on ESPN yeah, yeah, I think so. It was, uh, I remember the game was supposed to be on like March 26, so it was about two weeks ago. I'm trying to look at, uh, yeah, we'll we'll just go with that for right now. We'll say it's the Astros. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Makes yeah, sense. Oh, yeah, talk about the big winners of all this. I mean, I, yeah, you know, I don't want to joke like that, but I mean, it's true. It's like, but I, something tells me that uh, baseball fans will not hesitate to pick up where we uh, where they left off as far as. Uh, no, yeah. booing the Astros in those spring training games or uh, the Astros getting drilled like every single spring training game. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't want anyone to forget that it's it's still we still need to hate the Astros when baseball resumes. It's <laughs> that's where we're going to. It's, it's, it's completely. It's completely of our yes. Yeah. <laughs> don't just just remember what the Astros did. Don't let any of this other stuff get in the way. This is what's important. <laughs> just kidding. You will ruin this day, Jose Altuve. You will yeah. ruin it. Yeah, no global catastrophes get in the way of this. <laughs> yeah, right. It doesn't matter how bad the pandemic is, we will still hate you when this is all over, yeah, Astros. Yeah. Just saying. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, move on now to the fact that the players are supposed to be getting prorated contracts. Now, that was one of the biggest things that was discussed like before that was made official. A lot of people believed that the players union was going to fight against prorated contracts. When I heard the opposite happen, I heard it was like unanimous that players were okay with getting prorated contracts. Yeah. Yeah. Cause uh, I, I think uh, there was a lot of discussion, at least from what I read on like some of the insider comics was that, you know, there's, there's only going to be so much revenue going around in baseball this year. And if the players were, you know, and if uh, baseball didn't happen, then players were getting no money. So yep. I think that's like the fact that the players are getting a prorated contract is why some of these proposals that we're about to discuss are being possible because, you know, the players want to be able to get a paycheck. You know, they all got mortgages and things like that. There might be a little bit more pricier than us, but that also means that if they're not having cash come in, they could be in trouble really fast as well. More money, yep. more problems, right? Yeah, that's what they say. I mean, uh, <laughs> did you ever get to read that uh, Tommy Pham article I told you about? Yeah, I did read it, but I'm trying to. Oh my uh, God. Yeah, yeah, just. <laughs> I yeah. mean, uh, I he got a lot of hate on. Uh, there's a, a Padres uh, Facebook group uh, that uh, Andrew and I are both on, and I'll leave the uh, the name of that uh, Facebook group out just for uh, respect to the people in that group. But uh, there was a lot of hate on Tommy Pham for, you know, people were saying that he lost sight of reality. He's not a human anymore, and. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to go ahead and agree with all that, but it almost seems like that's exactly what happened. I mean, like, yeah, Tommy, was... like, there's people who lost, like, jobs that, you know, they can't even, like, actually pay their, you know, $200 car payment. Yeah, exactly. Like, if, if you're a baseball player and you've been making millions of dollars a year for the last three or four years, I'm sure you have some cash on hand. And if you don't, I mean, I hate to say it, you know, you're you to just... Yeah, you're in a tough spot. There's a lot of Americans that live paycheck to paycheck without the ability to save money. And I, I get this, you know, we're, we're in America. It's a capitalist economy. People make what they, you know, the market rewards people for what value they provide. And baseball players were watched by millions of people. So I get why they have all that money. I mean, but, you know, there's personal responsibility. And if you're making millions of dollars, you should have some kind of cash on hand. I'm just going to say it. Yeah, but then again, uh, did you ever think you'd be in a situation where uh, people who live paycheck to paycheck working at McDonald's are essential and uh, basically, uh, you know, a white collar job is not like. <laughs> I know, right, uh, man. I know I, I, I'm lucky enough that I can still work from home, but like, and, and I'm happy that there's that that big package, that bipartisan package where people can get the extra six hundred dollars a week in unemployment benefits if they're impacted by the pandemic. I, I do have a buddy who was just recently laid off. It was probably about two weeks ago now, and uh, he just had a, a baby. And um, my uh, girlfriend and I did whatever we could. I think we went out and spent like almost $200 worth of stuff. Um, 
at a, at a Costco and a Target, uh, and that's not me, you know, patting myself on the back. That's not what I'm here to do at all. I'm just, you know, letting you guys know that if you guys have the ability to help somebody right now, I mean, this is the time. And I will say, there's a lot of people right now who are doing a lot to help other people in need. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, I've been I've been contacting all my friends that I know that are gig workers that are that are, have lost their jobs, and I've been you know sending them to the Arizona unemployment site just to let them know that there's you know the, the pandemic care package. And so I mean that. It's not much, but I mean, I'm just trying to like yeah, get, get that information. Yeah, so I mean, if anyone's listening doesn't know about that, if you were displaced due to COVID-19 and you can't work, the the CARE Act that Congress passed will give you, uh, I believe, an additional $600 a month or a week on top of your state's unemployment benefits. And it's I, as far as I understand, and I could be wrong, it just means that you have to be either out of work or unable to seek work because of COVID-19 or laid off, or there's a number of things, but they're trying to make it as available as possible. So if you're in trouble and you're, you're short on money, definitely seek that out. It's a great resource. Perfect, yeah, no, thank you for that, thank you for that. Yeah, I've been uh, fortunate during all this, I'm what they consider a essential worker, you know. Has, uh, it's a blessing and a curse. You know, it's great to <laughs> still be able to work and get out of the house, but you know, you know, Lysol is hard to come by these days. I, have, I, I just refilled with sanitizer at my parents' house today. Uh, you know, wearing gloves all the time, a mask. I have, I have a N95 mask. Yes, so. yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, that's what the CDC is saying right now. And you know, I, I'm tech, I mean, I'm technically essential work. We do uh, like GPS devices for for medical professionals and for military and things of that nature. Um, so I, I could be at the office right now, but my coworker is 68 years old. He's diabetic. He wants to work in the office. So and it's a two-person office, so I'm, you know, I'm taking the bullet here and I'm just working from home, so he can still use the place. Yeah, fair enough. That's noble of you for sure. I so, mean, um, yeah, not really noble. I mean, it's kind of nice being at home, but. <laughs> you know, you got to. Uh, I, I, I was trying to, you know, toot your horn there. No, yeah, I appreciate it. I just wouldn't want you to wrongly toot my horn. We'll have to find something else later. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm sure we'll come about that. All right, uh, back to the topic here. Um, so um, we talked about the players getting the prorated contracts. Do you have anything else to say about that? I mean, that's pretty straightforward. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, part of the thing about the prorated contract, um, I think I'm not sure if we're going to talk about this a little later, but it's a service time agreement too. So if they, whatever yep, season they end up having, yeah. So uh, yeah, not to get ahead of us, but. Whatever amount of like season we have, if it's 80 games or 120 games or whatever it turns one out game. to be, yeah, one game. If a player plays is a full-time player for like the majority of that season, they will get a full service year. And for those of you that aren't familiar with what what we mean by a service year is, uh, all the players in baseball have a contract for which they're under the team. So like if you're a young player like Fernando Tatis Jr. or uh, like Joe Dell for the Angels. For the Angels. Vladimir yeah, Guerrero yeah. Jr. for the Blue Jays. Bobo Chet for the Blue Jays. Yeah, yeah. Corey Seager for the Dodgers. For you Dodger fans out there. If they're... Uh, heck, even Aaron, uh, Aaron Judge. Yeah, Aaron Judge. Yeah, I mean, and uh, and even players that are under uh, free agent contracts or, you know, contracts that they sign. So any any type of contract that a baseball player has is determined by, by service years. So... What that means is if you're a full-time player this year and, like, let's say you have a two-year contract with your team and you only play 80 games this year but you're a full-time player, you won't have to come back and play an extra half season or a full season, which was what it would be for your team. So, like, instead of, like, if you wanted to reach free agency in 2021, you would still be eligible to reach free agency in 2021. So, like, where this affects is, uh, you know, we'll, we'll give you one for your, for the Dodger fans out there is, what came to mind for me and Fernando, what we we're talking about before the show, is uh, how this how is this going to impact the Dodgers in their trade for Mookie Betts? So basically, whatever season the the Dodgers have, they're only going to get Mookie Betts for whatever the season turns out to be. So all those players that they traded to the Red Sox are still going to the Red Sox, and even if the Dodgers only play 80 games this year with Mookie Betts, he's going to be a free agent at the end of the season. So there, there's definitely some big impacts for the sport with this decision. Absolutely. But I mean, it's also, I, I think, very fair for the players. I, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, obviously a guy like Mookie Betts does want to hit for agency. Now, for certain guys like, 
you know, Fernando Tatis Jr. or, you know, potentially Joe Adele, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., you know, a lot of those big-name younger guys, it might be a little bit of a disadvantage for them or maybe an advantage. I mean, a lot of these guys, if they're happy in their current situation, you know, they might want to play out their entire, you know, couple. Every player gets seven years before they're um, a, a free agent, correct? Yeah, yeah. Seven years of arbitration or renewed yeah, contracts? Six to seven years, depending on, like, how, like, if you're super two or not. Yeah. Yeah. So the, I mean, we're getting some manipulation and everything. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, I mean, I, I get it for like the casual baseball fan out there. The what that means is if a player's called up, like from opening day when they're a rookie, there's a certain like date that if they come up before, they're eligible for something called Super Two, which means a Super Two means that they could be eligible for arbitration a year earlier than other players who are brought up in the middle of the season. So it's just like a cutoff date, and it means that they hit arbitration a year earlier and they hit free agency a year earlier. It's like this will impact like the Padres with Fernando Tatis Jr. They'll get him one year less, you know, yep. one year that they'll have to if they want to extend him, will have to pay for his free agency year, or another team will. So, it, so it's a yeah. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's a big deal, especially for small market teams or even the Red Sox. Uh, I'm not yeah. sure if Mookie Betts was a. A super two, but if he was, that definitely impacted the Red Sox decision to trade him. He'd probably still be a Red Sox if he wasn't a super two player. I don't know if he was, but he probably. You know. I don't think he was, but I mean, you'll hear that term service time manipulation a lot, even as a casual baseball fan. You know, if you're watching like Sports Center or something, they'll you know bring up a player like Chris Bryant. They didn't bring him up because of service time manipulation. Yeah, yeah. They, they, I mean, yeah, they, they, everyone, you know, they say everyone knows it was service time manipulation, but that, that's kind of a funny thing because they, had, they ended up having an independent arbitration rule on whether or not the Cubs were manipulating service time with the with uh, Chris Bryant. It was a big ordeal about whether or not the Cubs were going to lose a year, and uh, they ended up basically saying that there wasn't enough evidence that the Cubs were manipulating service time because the Cubs stuck with their story. But if anyone that was watching baseball that year really closely knew exactly what the Cubs were doing. Would they say that they were sending Chris Bryant back down for defense? Something and then like they, they called him up like the day after his service time, like the deadline for Super 2 was over? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He made his debut as a Padre, correct? Or against the Padres. Sorry. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think so. I, I, think I, I was, think I was watching that game. I forgot he pitched for the Padres that day. I want to say it might have been Andrew Kastner. Tyson Ross? Maybe. Yeah, I remember whoever it was had a really good uh, had a really good game. Maybe uh something like that. I, uh, yeah, I remember uh <laughs> it was a really good pitching performance. It was yeah, yeah, um, I remember I, I think Chris Bryant struck out twice that night. Yeah, that he day, was like, I remember oh, watching the game. He went like 0 for four or something. Yeah. Is he a bust? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Everyone's was, like, wow, is he a bust? Yeah, I think it was James Shields. Now I'm thinking about it. No way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think it was James Shields. Yeah, Did if anyone. Good performance? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm not going to fact check that right now, but I'm going to go with that. I think it was James Shields. Well, I'll, to, I'll come back to that in a little bit when I. Actually, I'll just look it up right now. Yeah, right. Which is out of this out? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, James Shields. Wow. Yeah. So the only, <laughs> just about the only good game that Big Game James had as a Padre. Yeah, was, yeah, right. Uh, was that day against uh, Chris Bryant and the Cubs on his uh, debut day? You know, it's, interesting. It's the weirdest thing that I have so much love for a pitcher that wasn't very good for the Padres with how much money they paid for him, just because you we like got, James Shields. You got Tatis for him, you know. I'll always uh, I have mean, out of respect. Fair. He got us Tatis, so I have I have so much respect for that guy. I, I well, you know, it's funny you bring that up because, um, you know, if you asked me who my favorite angel of all time is, I think I might have said this on air. It's uh, Mark Teixeira, and people were like, Mark Teixeira was an angel for like what a year, <laughs> and people yeah. are like, what? And I'm like, well, he signed with the Yankees. The Angels got a compensation pick, and with that compensation pick, they got somebody named Mike Trout. I mean, I know he he turned out to be a bust, but you know, yeah, it's, it's a thought was, that counts. I heard that guy was really good. Yeah, like, I've never heard of he, her. He, he, yeah, right. He was supposed to be a five tool player, just never panned out. 
Uh, Cameron Maven. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh my God. I like Cameron Maven though. He's one of my favorite players. Yeah, um, all right. One of the best fourth outfielders of baseball now, right? Yeah, you can probably say that. I mean, he's probably you know right there. I mean, as a fourth outfielder, not like a person oh, yeah, like yeah. just below starting caliber, like not like. Like Brian Goodwin on the Angels. Yeah, he exactly. Had a pretty good year last year. He batted three hundred or oh yeah, almost all the year, almost the entire season. Yeah, that guy was good. He was impressive. I'm, I'm excited to see what he does going forward. So I guess I guess yeah, I'm um, more excited. Yeah, yeah. So I guess we should probably, you know, talk about what baseball, like what what the proposals are. You know, now now that we that we handled the service time thing, we should probably talk about how is baseball going to move forward with the virus and like what type of things they're going to implement, like what type of proposals are going on. You know, what will a season look like for Major League Baseball? And, uh, so, yeah, go ahead. If you want to go ahead and uh, bring up what a couple of the proposals are. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I know, like, so, like, the main proposal that I've heard recently, which was uh, brought out by, uh, was it Jeff Passan? Is that how you say it? Or Passan? Passan? I think, He's, uh, I think it's Passan. Passan, yeah. For, uh, you know, MLB reporter. He uh, got insight that Major League Baseball is currently considering having a a near full season take place entirely in Arizona because they have the entire spring training uh, complexes already set up. They have medical facilities there. And the idea is, is that they would, the players would basically be in like near isolation. Uh, I'm not sure if they'd even be able to bring their families and they would play out a, a partial season using the Arizona spring training facilities. There'd be no fans. Uh, players would wear masks. Um, they would, uh, and they would not using, bring their families. Yeah, they would not bring their families. I feel like yep. they, that might change if they're, yep. you know, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, even umpires, the umpires union got behind this. They would be in total isolation. Each team would have medical professionals. They're actually working with the CDC on this, so there'd be CDC officials that are overlooking the whole thing to make sure everything's on the up and up. And it, there's a lot of interesting proposals that were that were leaked in this, and uh, I, I think it'd be kind of interesting to go over some of them. So I, I think that the main thing that looks constant is that the season will probably be happening in Arizona. Uh, as far as they just have all the stadiums, they can keep everyone isolated. There's no travel. They have the medical facilities. They have already the lodging it's, set up. It's much closer than Florida would be. For anybody who's wondering why is Florida not an option, in Florida, you have hours between, you know, facilities. In Arizona, I mean, what's like the farthest distance? Like 10 feet of surprise? That's like, what, 45 yeah, yeah, yeah. minutes, maybe an hour? Yeah. yeah, 45 minutes to an hour. Like, yeah. yeah. So everything's yeah. central. I, I live within like five minutes of like three different spring training facilities. And okay, then they have, well. yeah, then they have all the training complexes. There's a, there's enough stadiums for everyone to have all and these Chase Field. Chase and Chase Field. Chase Field would be used. Yeah, that'd be utilized pretty heavily. It's probably, they probably, you I mean, from what I'm reading, they'll probably do multiple games a day at Chase Field just because of the air conditioning with the heat in the summer. <laughs> so Take that, shifts. Yeah, yeah, right? Like, you can have a game at noon, at 3, at 6, even at 9. And I, Extra innings. Yeah, a lot of flexibility. Robot extra innings. Yeah, I mean, if, uh, you know, there's a lot of weird rules that they're proposing. So I'm sure that there's even things being discussed about what will happen if a game would go through extra innings. But I guess before we like start rambling on about all these different things, let's just go piece by piece about the details that were leaked in this article sure. about the proposals. So basically, uh, the first thing that I thought was interesting is that the team rosters, because of the heat in Arizona and because of the shortened season and about smushing as many games together as they possibly can, is that there would be no limit to roster size. So the teams could potentially be carrying, you know, 45 guys like you would see, in, you know, 40 guys like you would see in September call-ups where you have, you know, 20 pitchers on staff because you're, you're trying to rotate through people as many as possible. And another thing that they're talking about to get more games in is having double headers, a, a bunch of them. And because double headers are more wear on the players, having that extra roster size is important. And these double headers are being discussed of being only seven innings long, so that that's pretty interesting. I don't know. What do you think about that? Like a seven inning double hitter? Feel like it'd be like a little league, like a little league situation. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I get it. Like 
That would, that would definitely change the the dynamic of the game. I bet we see Absolutely. like a record number of complete games this year if we have seven inning doubleheaders. <laughs> like you know, like complete games like you see in the eighties. Or would you see a record number of bullpen games? <laughs> yeah, probably a record, especially if you have all these guys in the minors, you know, that are up on the roster trying to fill it out so you can have, you know, give people enough rest time so you can keep the games going. So this is, this is going to be yeah. really big for teams that have that, like, minor league depth. And Yeah, but it would also be a disadvantage for teams that are, you know, not quite finished in rebuilds. You know, for instance, teams like, uh, you know, maybe the Blue Jays, who are maybe like a year or two away. Or imagine a team like the Orioles. They were already struggling. How bad yeah. are they going to be now? Where not yeah. only are they, you know, bringing fringe major leaguers, but now they have to bring, you know, Bobo fringe guy no league. one's ever heard of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Orioles don't. Yeah, they don't. They, their farm system's not the best either. And, and That's I try to talk, yeah, I mean, I guess they're, not, they're they're starting to get a little better, but having to bring them up too and then start the clocks early on your potential guys, it'll That's be really saying, interesting. Yeah. yeah, it'll be really really interesting to see if we see a lot of guys that are, you know, like 28 year old pitchers that never quite made it to the majors coming up, or if we're going to see teams actually bringing up their prospects. Like what what's going to be at stake here? Yeah, and I wonder if that, you know, changes the game for certain, you know, pitchers who are, like you said, older, you know, who are maybe still free agents. Like, does Bartolo Colon all of a sudden look a lot more appealing? Because, hey, he has experience and, you know, hey, you know, he could, you know, pitch and consistently. So, yeah. you know, that's what I'm thinking. You know, older guys, you know, are they going to be a lot more appealing than, like you said, bringing up, you know, your 20-year-old guy who's maybe like a year or two away? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of guys that are either recently retired or, you know, situations like that. You know, you got you got a lot of people sitting at home socially isolated. They're around their kids all day. They might be they might be itching to get back on the field. <laughs> get me away from these people. <laughs> yeah. Four months, no family. Sign me up. Where do I go? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, so, it's, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, uh I mean, some of the other interesting proposals I, I, I like, uh, or one one of them that's really interesting that I'm not even too sure about is no visits from the catcher or pitching coach the whole game, just to keep the game going. Yeah, just finally getting rid of it. Uh, they're gonna they're talking about having regular use of microphones by players for added TV bonus to TV viewers because there won't be an audience, so this will give more of a chance to have more of the personality of the players come out. I think that could actually be a huge hit for baseball if you have a bunch of players mic'd up every game. Like the All-Star game? Yeah, like the All-Star game. Having that be like every game, that I think that'd be pretty cool. Well, they were doing that for spring training, right? Yeah, I thought that was great. I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was cool. You know, I mean, it gave us a lot of cool snippets and, you know, it also uh, validated that some people have very boring personalities. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, no, like, can you no, imagine a guy like Albert Pujols being on the microphone? I love Albert, but oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, he's uh, Albert's got like that that like politically correct like CEO, like he's been like the head of a nonprofit for twenty years personality. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I know he does a lot of work in that area, so that's probably why. But the guy's almost like too perfect of a person when he talks. Yeah, right. It's like, can you just you know you know say something like. I like Dairy Queen. <laughs> yeah, something. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't Give have me to some personality, Albert. Yeah, right. All right, um, so what else do we have? Yeah, we also have, uh, I think this would be kind of interesting, is that the players, instead of using the dugout because of the social distancing of six feet, will be sitting in the stands, which are empty, at six feet apart. <laughs> <laughs> which I, I think they'll have to do that. Uh, the big one, the, probably the biggest change that they're talking about, because all these other things are temporary, is the use of electronic umpires. Because you wouldn't want the umpire standing so close to the catcher with the social distancing. It's already bad enough having the catcher, you know, be within a few feet of the the batter. And the umpires, given their age and they're not always in the best shape, you know, look at Joe West, are probably in the higher at risk group. So having them, you know, stand, you know, 10, 15 feet back and then just checking to make sure that the, the electronic ump is calling the correct strike. I think that'll be a really interesting change. And that looks like it's actually going to go into effect. So we might get electronic strike zones this year instead of umpire strike zones. Was it supposed to be potentially next year when they did the electronic strike zone? 
yeah, you know, it's going to be like like slowly introduced next year. And what were there? I think they were talking about doing it in spring training this year. I don't know if they actually did it or not. I don't believe they did. I know yeah. they did it in the Arizona Fall League. Yeah, and uh, I know that um, Major League Baseball says that they got all the kinks worked out from their time that they were testing it in the what was it, the Atlantic League or the Independent League? And uh-huh. I know that the Independent League was not happy with the strike zones. I guess uh, when you actually apply a realistic strike zone as per the rules and use an electronic ump, it's way different than what a normal umpire calls it because the entire, like, if you think about, like, what a strike zone is, right? If it's, like, where I put little letters to the knees, then even the very back part of the plate is part of the strike zone. So we'll probably see a lot more high-called high strikes where a ball just dips in slightly behind the batter but still over the plate and just nicks the strike zone being called strikes, like, things like that. So it might be, like, a really different type of pitching that we're seeing this year. Yeah, so, I mean, it'll just be completely di- – I mean, you're going to have to look at your pitchers differently. You're going to have to look at different pitchers who might not have been as effective in the past. So, I mean, you know, it's just weird to mentally grasp the fact that all this might actually happen or could happen. Now, you know, playing in a place like Arizona also has its challenges that we need to discuss, right? Yeah, I can tell you firsthand because I live here that the heat is no <laughs> joke. It is no joke. Like, so you, what do you think they would do to address that? I mean, I know you said, you know, playing multiple games at Chase Field today might be an option, but realistically, you know, I what mean, else can they do? I played early I morning played, games? Yeah. I mean, probably early morning games, but even in the morning, and I can tell you because I played, I played travel ball and everything out here. I did all the Arizona summers in the heat. Even by not like, even if you did like an 8 a.m. game, it's still 95 to 100 degrees outside. It doesn't cool off overnight. And by the time that yeah, by the time the sun comes up, you're like you're beating down. I mean, we played baseball. We did fine. Like we were able to make it through the games. We did double headers every weekend. So people can still play, but it, they're going to have to have you know, like they said, the exp- expanded roster so you can move people in and out so that people aren't getting heat exhaustion. I wonder if they're going to have to make some kind of rule about substituting a player for heat exhaustion and being able to bring them back in later. Like they might have to get creative with that kind of those kind of rules. Yeah, because like a pickup game, really. Yeah, because I mean, if it's 115 <laughs> degrees outside, you know, and you're running around the bases and you you have a day where you're you know you get three hits and you got three triples, just running from home plate to third base in 115 degree heat is just a different beast entirely if you've never done it. Like, you, you feel like your entire body's just dry, and you're, like, throbbing. It's the weirdest feeling. I, I, I guess I never even thought about that. I mean, I don't, I've never been in that situation where I've been playing in 115-degree heat in Arizona. But, yeah, yeah I, obviously it has its challenges, <laughs> and it's uh, pieces that seem not desirable. And speaking of things that said not desirable, I hear that there is a chance, at least for the meantime, before you know more information starts to leak about this, that um, there's a chance that players won't be able to bring their families. Now it's going to be very hard to convince a lot of these players to, you know, a live in Arizona, uh, you know, because a lot of these players didn't sign up to live in Arizona. B, they're going to have to, you know, live in a hotel probably. I mean, I don't see where else they would all an entire team would be able to live. <clears throat> So I'm assuming it'd have to be some kind of hotel yeah, yeah. situation. I think they all have like um, deals with hotels because of spin training, and, like different yeah, lodging right. setup. Yeah, and you know it's so like you said, to, like you know figure all that out. That's a big sacrifice asking someone to be away from their family, and I I know that the players' unions already agreed to like a lot of these changes, but I wonder how much support they have amongst like certain groups of individual players. Yeah, I mean, look at a guys like um, uh, Mike Trout. Uh, and his wife are pregnant. Uh, you have Zach Wheeler. He signed uh, with an East Coast team because he didn't want to leave his, you know, pregnant wife. So you know, there's a lot of these players, or a lot of players who probably just had babies during the off season. You know, who they're not going to want to leave, leave their families for an extended period of time. So it's going to be really hard to imagine a lot of these guys signing off on that. So I mean, this is all going to be a work in progress. Um, we're Without diving in too deep, because I'm sure we can talk about this for six hours, where do you stand on what we know so far? Will this happen, and is this a good idea? Yeah, I mean, it looks like this is that this is the plan that 
that the plan is to come up with a solution so that way they can start spring training by mid-May. Now, is it a good idea? It depends on how well they do the social isolation because, you know, the last thing we want to do is have a major infection across major league players and have national news be more negativity about the effects of the virus on normal ways of American life. Yeah, so... I mean, we saw what happened with the NBA. The NBA had, I don't want to say a substantial amount of players who got affected. I mean, it was probably like, I think 30 to 50 players who might have gotten infected. Yeah. I don't think the number is that high. Yeah, I mean... uh, Something like that, and I know like uh, multiple players in Utah Jazz, the you know the Brooklyn Nets. Lakers the, the U- two. Who's that Brooklyn? Jazz, who's the Utah Jazz guy that wasn't taking it serious, and then he went and licked every microphone, and then yeah, later that day I, found out. I don't out. know his name, but I know exactly who you're talking yeah, about. He, and then he has he, to like publicly apologize. Yeah, that apology is not going to be enough. He's never going to live that down. Not once. <laughs> no, I heard his own player, like his own teammates are just angry with him because he was doing that in the locker room and a couple of them got it. They're like, I don't yep. know if I could ever forgive him. Yeah, no, I wouldn't either. I mean, uh, the guy's just got to retire and move on at this point. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's dude, over, bro. Like, it's over. That's an unforgivable sin, man. He just rolled the, rolled the dice in someone else's life. Yep. You know, obviously he didn't know. So I'll give him, you know, I'll give him that. But, um, you know, it just, you know, you never want to be that guy. It's like the guy who makes like, you know, some kind of inappropriate joke. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, like, oh, I didn't mean it. Or like, oh, yeah, you yeah. know, make a joke about somebody with cancer. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, my mom has cancer now. You yeah, know what I mean? It's that's, like. Yeah, yeah, that's the worst. Yeah, yeah. And he, that's the thing is I, I think he, he had already been tested earlier that day because he had symptoms and they told him to isolate. And that's when he did it. <laughs> so, yeah, he had already known that he was at risk. I didn't know yeah. that at all. Yeah, it was. Uh, yes, I'm glad baseball hasn't had any situations like that. We just had people banging on trash cans. Yeah, that's worse. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, a more. But see, that's. I mean, it's funny because the situation with the guy on the Utah Jazz and the trash can situation are all moral situations. <laughs> so, yeah. Either way, you're questioning somebody's morals. Yeah, I mean, uh, so I mean, I think. Um, you know, I'm reading here that there's an update. Uh, so they're they're talking about how many people will be allowed to live inside the sports side, the, like a sports bubble. That's what you're gonna call it. So like once you're in the bubble, you won't be able to come out. And they're talking about letting like certain family members come in, but only under the condition that they're isolated along with the players and don't have outside contact. So they'll be bringing in food, groceries, uh, all medical inf- stuff will be handled within it. They won't be going to public places. Everything will be contained to hotels. Everyone will be getting their temperatures taken, wearing masks, things like that. So I, and maybe maybe there's a deal going on where they'll be able to bring their families. I hope so. I would yeah. assume it'd probably be like immediate family, like, you know, kids and wives. Yeah, you know, that's yeah exactly. probably it. That's, that's totally fair. I hope they could figure out something like that because, I mean, just for the kids alone. You know, I know, like, there's a lot of people saying, well, they have the money for a nanny or things like that. It's nice for kids to be around parents, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I my child gets devastated when I'm gone for like two days. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not fun for a kid. I remember being a kid, and if my my dad was on a business trip or if my mom was out visiting family, like two days was an eternity. Like you know, you rely on your parents. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, to think oh, yeah. that you know your parents are gone or your dad's gone because you know he's off playing a sport and it's like oh it's. It's more important than me. It's like, you might not think about it like that, you know, us fans, but you know, for a child, that's going to be like one of the hardest things. Yeah, so. exactly. And uh, one of the interesting things I did see that I forgot to, that I wanted to talk about was how our baseball, you know, if they're not having fans in the stadium, how are they going to pay for this? And yep. when you look at, so like, when you look at like how much money people take from like ticket revenue, it varies widely by team. And like the one of the biggest revenue earners for baseball besides like merchandise and things like that is actually the TV deals. And you have, you know, on the low end of the stick teams making about $20 million a year from their TV deals. And then you have teams on the high end having a couple hundred million dollars from their TV deals, or even outright owning the network that you're, that they have that, that they televise their games on. So what major league baseball is talking about, since all the teams will be in Arizona and all the salaries are going to be prorated, but they're going to have expanded rosters. So you'll have a lot more players making major league baseball salaries, even prorated. 
is doing like a new type of revenue sharing to make sure that all the TV revenue is divvied up in a way so that way each of the teams can have like a certain percentage of profit. They can pay for their rosters. They can pay for all the medical personnel and all their staffing. So I thought that was kind of an interesting, you know, resolution to how are they going to pay for this? Yeah, I mean, the the biggest thing is just going to be how can they figure out a way to still be profitable? Because at the end of the day, that's what it matters. I've heard several things like, oh, we might have, you know, multiple play or more playoff teams than usual, things like that. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they're able to figure out. Yeah. I mean, last year, I think that yeah, the, the season brought in, I think, $11 billion. Yeah, $10.7 billion in revenue. Um, and I know that TV made up a significant portion of that. So looking at like the estimated, I only have like data from a few years ago, but I know that the Dodgers okay. have over $200 million in TV revenue. Uh, I think the angels are one of the biggest two. I think they're somewhere in the vicinity of like a hundred to $150 million in TV revenue. So you have, uh, I mean, if you add up all the different teams together and all the different revenue that they're bringing in from their contracts, I think it's well over a billion dollars. It might even be somewhere in the ballpark of like $2 billion in revenue just from television. So, you know, there, there definitely is the money to go around. I'm sure that those TV deals will have to be altered given uh, the shortened season, or maybe not. I'm not sure what those contracts are like. But uh, they could probably they could probably figure out a way to have the profit with you know, if they're not having as many staff, if you're not staffing like your entire stadium, you'll have to do the stadium normal maintenance and cleaning and having all the concession people and things of that nature. I'm sure well, you're going to have players in the stands. So. Yeah, players in the stands. So you'll have to have one hot dog guy who can't go home for four <laughs> months. <laughs> you, have, you have to have that uh, famous guy in Arizona who's like, lemonade, lemonade, yeah, my he's grandma the May. Oh, he's the best, dude. I, I, buy, I, buy, I go find him every time I go to Arizona games to buy lemonade. He's the best. Wasn't he in San Diego for a short period of time, too? Yeah, I don't know. I did, you know, I haven't... Uh, when I lived in California, I grew up in San Diego, but when I grew, lived in California, I lived in L.A. So I, I've only made it down to, like, in the last, like, five years to maybe, like, five to ten Bodger games. Yeah. I, I try to make... Yeah, I try to get down there as much as I can, but my family's out in L.A., and I live in Phoenix, so it's like, if I'm going out to California, it's like my family wants me to see them. It's like a Dodgers game. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'll go to Dodger games. I'll go to Angels games actually too. All right, that's good. Um, it's uh, the uh, the nothing is two side drag. The Padres have one uh, vendor who's hilarious. He looks kind of like a Cal Naughton Jr. I think that's his name from Talladega Nights. Yeah, Will yeah. Farrell's sidekick. Yeah, yeah, Cal uh, Naughton Jr. He, yeah, yeah, he looks just like that. And uh, the way he says "water" is hilarious. He's very monotone, and he's just like "water." water <laughs> it's great if you ever see him you'll know exactly what i'm talking about and i'm sure there's a lot of potters fans who are listening to that who know instantly who i'm talking about last yeah, no. time he was selling pretzels but uh, i don't know if he got promoted or demoted i don't know how that works oh yeah so yeah i'd love to hear stories about like you know fans favorite vendors and just like get get them all compiled just get a list of them all all the things I have to that get they my do. buddy uh, i have to get my buddy uh, cole dragon to come on with me he uh he does uh some work for the angels and uh there was one time uh pre him working for the angels where him and i went to an angels game and uh there was a vendor who was saying happy memorial day and it's like a month before memorial day so. <laughs> yeah, or maybe we, it was after memorial day <laughs> it was one of the two maybe that's something we could try to do we should try to get some of these vendors on <laughs> see yeah, I'm that'd, down. Be, that'd be hilarious that'd, that'd be great we should do like a whole vendor series of just like the, the best of the best of the vendors Give them, give, give them the their most due. essential workers of all time. They are. I mean, that's those are things we're going to miss about baseball, you know? Like, there's not going to be people in the stands. We're not going to hear, you know, we're not going to be able to go to the games. We're, like you were talking about when you are telling me about, like, the benefits of going to a stadium, right? Like, what were you saying about just being around people? And, like, yeah, it's like, in? you know, like, you know, Mike Trout hits a home run or, you know, Will Myers hits a home run in a Padres game, and it's like, 40,000 people who you have no idea who they are just stand to their feet. You turn around, you high five people, you're your best friends for 60 seconds or, you know, however long. I mean, if it's Adam Rosales hitting a home run, it's like six seconds. 
if you remember that. Him yeah, sprinting around yeah. the bases full speed. Johnny Hustle right there. Or Charlie Hustle, right? Uh, Johnny Hustle, according to Manny Machado. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, you know, it's just it, – it's those things. You know what I mean? It's it's the sights. It's the smells. Um, for me, it's just – I don't know what it is. Every time I go to a baseball game, I just make friends with the people around me or, you know, since I'm fortunate enough to have season tickets for, you know, five of the last six years, I was supposed to this year. Also, I, they're, they're sitting next to me right now, just thousand dollars worthless piece of paper at the moment. Um, it's just, you know, you, you, it, it, I call it like my summer family, you know, just like Jimmy Fallon did in fever pitch. It's like, you get to know the people around you and it's just like, you become best friends. It's that's what I love about baseball. It's just, you know, it's a group of people who instantly love you because you support the same team as them. No, that's great. And I hadn't really thought about it in those terms. But like once you said that, I was like, you know what? I totally stand corrected about talking about like the benefits of just being able to watch baseball on TV. There's like an entire aspect of baseball that we're missing out on. That's like just a camaraderie of being around people that are all there for the same purpose. You can all be from different backgrounds, different walks of life, different political views anything but you're all there because you want to see your team win absolutely or you know what like my favorite games to go to are the games when the dodgers come to town the dodgers are our rivals like you know what i mean like yeah cross town dodgers and angels fans hate each other most of the time i have a lot of good buddies who are dodgers fans but um every time good i go to the that, game yeah. i've never had a problem like i i most of the time i get i, I make friends <laughs> with these dodger fans i've gotten you know like a couple guys to be like hey you know add me on facebook or hey if you're ever at dodger stadium let me know i'll buy you a beer so it's you know like it's just things like that where it's just if you find the right group of people it doesn't matter who they are it's just it's about the love of the game i mean i hate the yankees but you know what if a yankee fan comes up to me and is really nice to me during an angels yankees game they introduce themselves they're polite you know that's not to say if their team hits a home run they can't you know like mock me for the 30 seconds when the player runs the base. Like that's the kind of stuff that you do in baseball. Yeah. But that's kind of where you should draw the line because there are people who take it too far, but you know, that's the stuff I miss. And that's the stuff that I pay, you know, thousands of dollars a year for my season tickets for, because my family and I love that, you know, we love just that. We love just disappearing from reality for three hours a day. Yeah, I know. And right now, you know, it's a, uh... There's not really anywhere to escape to. We're all kind of stuck here with our thoughts, which is why baseball, you know, can't come back soon enough. And I hope that they get a vaccine ready and that everyone that's listening and not listening can stay safe and, you know, stay healthy and maintain that social distancing until it's safe to go back out. And we can all just be ready and healthy for when the vaccine gets here so we can all move on and have real baseball. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I, I long for the days of, uh, you know, being able to, you know, travel to, I travel all the time in Arizona. So being able to text my buddy, Andrew, and be like, Hey dude, let's go to Diamondback team tonight, you know, or. You know, yeah. Take, I mean, if, if they open it up back up, game. if they open up the season again, we should definitely go catch a Diamondback game. If they let people go. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. Right. I was, uh, I was in Arizona like uh, two weeks ago and I remember texting Andrew like, Hey man, let's, uh, I would totally hang out with you if we could. Yeah. <laughs> we would catch dinner. If we could. You had to come but, out during uh, the social isolation. <laughs> Shut down yeah, and already right. happened. I had to be my first month by myself, yeah. So, <laughs> so yes, uh, as Andrew was saying, uh, you know, just piggyback a little bit, you know, let's let's just get this over with, guys. You know, just this isn't fun for anybody. I mean, I don't know how the weather is in Arizona, but uh, it's raining here in Southern California. And it's raining hard. So there is nobody outside. Like, it was empty everywhere today. I was in San Diego working. I... As I said earlier, I'm an essential worker at the moment, so I've had to, you know, use my PPE and everything. So I encourage everyone to do the same thing. If you have to go out, if you're a worker, use your PPE. Actually, starting on Friday in, uh, so Friday the 10th in the city of LA, if you are a customer going to a business that is open, they can refuse service if you are not wearing PPE. So keep that in mind anywhere in the city of LA. Starting on April 10th. You must wear PPE if you're going to a store or they can refuse to serve you. So yeah. keep that in mind and stay safe, people. Stay safe, guys. Seriously. We want you all to be around. Yeah, right. Um, all right, Andrew, any closing thoughts? No, yeah, just, uh, you know, I'm excited for partial Padres baseball to return, uh, even if that means that the Dodgers have to play too. 
<laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. And uh, yeah, no, I'm just ready for baseball to return. So hopefully, as that story unfolds, we can go ahead and provide some more information. Um, and we are going to promise that we will put out a couple episodes here in the immediate future. Uh, we're talking about potentially recording, you know, as soon as tomorrow. So we'll see how that goes. But we promise, promise, promise we are going to go ahead and start putting out episodes like crazy just to try to catch up. And then we'll try to go back to, you know, one every other couple days or once a week at the least. And, uh, yeah, till then, uh, stay safe. Have a good night. And uh, just for now, go Padres, go Angels, and go Dodgers. Have a good night, guys. Good night, guys.